Is that the, um, <clears throat> let's just start with this conversation about water. Cause, cause I feel water is important. It's essential. Our bodies are actually 99% water. It's kind of a life source. Water. 1% hair and nails. Uh, Essentia, um, man, should they sponsor the pod? Is, uh, the best tasting water. What's the Kristen Stewart connection? She just drinks it. She's always carrying it. I didn't really believe in, like, water flavor difference until I started drinking Essentia. Although I never really liked Fiji, which was disappointing because I love the square bottle. I like the square bottle, too. But I, whatever the, uh, you know, pH or uh, level, whatever uh, ionized level, ionization level it's at, doesn't... Suit me. It has a milky mouthfeel. Oof. I don't want milky mouthfeel on anything except uh, maybe ice cream. There you go. Nice glasses. Rachel Thanks. got new sunglasses. Adding, what happened to adding, mine? Adding to her them? triple no, S. Sam, okay. they're not yours. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 61. I just want to say, first of all, yeah. that we've been gone for a long oh, time. Oh, that's right. But you know what I want to say? Mm-hmm in addition to saying that we've been gone for a long time, yeah. is that we were gone for a long time because we are making the most incredible content <laughs> of our careers. We've been busy. Everyone else is on summer break, and we're on the summer rise and grind. Yeah. I rise and grind every day. Rise, rose and grinded every day for yeah. weeks now. Yeah. You tilled the soil. We have been uh, our summer hours. We went from sort of summer hours to a brief summer hiatus. A mid summer. It's not summer. <laughs> it's not summer yet. Is it? The twenty first is the summer solstice, which is tomorrow. Really? Uh-huh. Well, happy summer. Happy first day of summer, everyone. Um mostly we've just been all over the world. It's not just that we've been busy, we just haven't been here. We've been logging the miles. Logging um, the big miles. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with my current Delta status. Got a little more work to do before the end of the year, but you know, one thing that blew my mind is like when you travel for a business trip with Condé Nast, they put you in zone one. It's just automatically zone one. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's a nice perk. I always <laughs> thought like, oh, zone one, like whatever. Like the only problem with zone four or five is like you have to stand around for a while. No, zone one is where it's at. If yeah. you're not in zone one, like. Just go home. Don't take go the trip. Home. Don't even it's take not the worth trip. It. It perks to the job. I mean, for magazine editors, you used to have, I mean, first of all, you're flying business class. You you got a black car. You Maybe they pay your rent, um, you know, huge expense account. But right. now we just get they zone one. They give you a child. <laughs> Impregnate you. Yeah. Um, men and women, all, everyone gets one. <laughs> you get a baby. You get a baby. Uh, Those are the days. Now, um, now we just get zone one, and I'll tell you what. Nothing beats it. There's nothing like it. We love it. it. Nothing like we it. We love to see it. You love, love to, see, to it. see it. I don't actually know what that meme means. You know what? I've been trying to look up that meme for weeks, and yeah. there's no description of where it comes from. Do you know, Sam? Is it a meme, or is it just like a phrase that it's people a, like well, to well, it's a meme that sort of that sort of I've popped never s- up. I I first saw it on socialist Twitter. Yeah, that's what yeah. I see it from. It's like socialist. a neckbeard meme. And, w- and it doesn't have an image ever attached. Right. It's just it's, it's just text you or something you say when someone does something sort of foul. And I did read an explainer from last week that I think was maybe on Vox.com that also said, like, you can't, I can't really, we, we don't really know where this came from. And they dated it to some, like, mid-aughts film where a character is like, oh, yeah, like, you just hate to see that. 
And I'm like, I'm not sure that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean. Just sublimated into the <clears throat> But if you, if you know why you love to see it as a meme, then definitely DM Sam Hine immediately. Yeah. And Venmo request him $5. Yeah. And also, uh, we're doing a survey. DM Sam Hine your preferred shorts in seam length. Um, we're just going to return to that conversation. I had, uh, you know, everyone's in Paris except us and um, the homie Angelo uh, of Nepenthes is there. I think probably showing in Nepenthes collection. I don't know, but he was wearing the uh, the comb shorts that I uh, obsess over wow. from Which Spring ones? 17. I the think his ones? the sequin shorts, nice. the best sort of basketball shorts. I think his are purple or pink. It's hard to tell on the gram. Noah's wearing shorts today. I think in a, oh, cor- yeah, in a corporate I meant lunch to, uh, first. I was going to start with that. Yeah, I'm here in my shorts. Officially breaking the corporate lunch uh, dress code. Um. I've been biking to and from work every day, as you all should. Uh, save the planet, save your body, save um, milky save, save a few dollars. Yeah, uh, you do need an essentia after um, for the <laughs> save ma- the planet to, to deal with the mouthfeel. But drink essentia. Uh, but yeah, now I'm I'm wearing water. shorts, and um, I don't know. I feel great in my shorts. I felt Good. a little awkward in the lobby and then the elevator. I was really hoping I wasn't going to see anyone I know, and I didn't. Are you going to change? Yeah, I'm going to change. Okay. Wow. It's, it's hot and humid today. Speaking of hot and humid, Sam and I were in Florence last week. Was it hot? We sure were. Did you eat gelato? We didn't eat gelato. We no. ate some what like the cold cut is... sandwiches. They're not cold cuts. They're like, you know. Cured meat Cured sandwiches. meat sandwiches. We drank some... Um, Aperol. Some spritzes, spritzes. Some some Negronis. Florence yeah. is has the best food of the whole circuit. The food in France is garbage. Um, I don't go to really? London. It's true. Yeah, French like food is all no French good. food is just like diner food. Yeah, it's just, just like you do steak, buttery stuff, and steak and fries. You love to see it. And uh, <laughs> Milan is good too, but Florence really has the best food. Yeah, we ate some pretty dank food in Florence. Yeah. They do this. They like shave truffle like it's fucking pepperoni, like all over pasta. Yeah. Pasta. All right. So you guys went to Florence because of Pitti Uomo. um, And it was hot. And uh, Givenchy had a big fashion show. The scoops were ice. (laughs) The scoops were frosty. Yeah. One thing that I noticed was that even though it was like 95 degrees the entire time, like Italian men just never sweat, apparently. They were all wearing like beautiful yeah. dark suits, just exquisite hard bottom shoes, yeah. ties, white white dress shirts. They move very slowly. Distinguished hair. They move slowly and they they're don't just, even move. I didn't see anyone bread. move. Yeah. They were they just sitting super, against that wall. Super slow metabolism. Yeah, not even those guys, but like the real like the real actual like fashion execs and like yeah. you know just like local dudes. Mm-hmm. Like all like the Scandinavian like tailoring influencers who came in were like sweating like crazy. Yeah, they don't have the a, constitution a of the Italian no, suit wearers. High metabolisms, fast moving minds, and uh, and the heat uh, is not familiar to genetically. Mm-hmm. Is Florence, who had the story a few couple weeks ago about Florence being a good shopping city? Was that Guy Trebet? Guy Trebet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy. For the New York Times. It is a good shopping city. There's good vintage stores there. I know. Did you guys get involved? I can't we remember did. the name of the, There's one right around the corner from the Margaret Howell store. Yeah. Epoca. Yeah, Epoca. That place is very good. Yeah. They have we great vintage Missoni there. Street doing was great as well. Yeah. Street doing. Um, And the Margaret Howell store there is like beautiful and awesome. And yeah, it's always really sort of elegant. surprising. That how well she does in the rest of the world. It really is incredible, though. The stores there are from uh, really like it's like shopping from another era. 
Like mm-hmm. I went into um, Loretta Capone. Have you? Uh, did you guys have never you even heard there? of it? So Loretta Capone is like an old Italian uh, sleepwear brand. Love that. And like linens brand from the, I think it was started in the fifties or sixties, and it just makes the most like beautiful pajamas you've ever seen in your life. And the store is like the ceiling is like painted with these like amazing you know, sort of like Baroque style scene of all of these angels and like they just have these really beautiful like smocked night shirts and I looked at this pair of like men's pajamas that had little owls embroidered on them. Did you cop? They were $800. For the set? You get the the top and the bottom? Yeah. Wow. And I got, I like really panicked because I was like, (laughs) do you guys have like men's pajamas? Just because I'm like, I'm shopping, you know, not like I'm shopping to like learn stuff, not to buy stuff. Yeah. And uh, because I mean, I just went on vacation and like, you know, uh, and they were like, yes, of course. And the service is like impeccable. So they immediately like yank open like six different drawers drawers and are like silk, linen or cotton. And it's like they're producing all of these like amazing pajamas, like pajamas that you've never seen or dreamed of in your whole life. And I'm like, oh, my God, they think I'm going to buy like $1,000 worth of pajamas. I go to similarly. Yeah, there's a bunch of little places like that. And there's the famous ones like Santa Maria Novello, Mm -hmm. which is a... um, I guess like they an call apothecary. It a, it's an apothecary. Yeah, really, it's soap. They and call it candles. a yeah. They call it a pharmacy, but it's yeah. like an apothecary. And that's the famous one. But and that's a this massive. It's like being in a. I guess it's in an old church. What is that building? I should probably know what that building is. I think is. it's a convent or something. I think what do it's they call a convent. It? Yeah, because it was like started by monastery the, the, by the nuns. But there's a lot of smaller versions of it, and there are smaller apothecaries that are really um, cool and interesting and weird. And then. Uh, Similar to the pajama store, there's a sock store. I meant to send you guys the location. I don't know the name, but it's the same idea. Where There's basically just a big counter and then drawers, and you just kind of, you're just, you meet someone in there. There's a bunch of people, like a family business, and you just start talking to them about, like, your hosiery preferences, and they start right. yanking out drawers and putting them on, a, on the counter, and um, it's a whole experience. Normally when I'm in Florence, I buy a grip of socks. It's that. it's amazing I'm too need. because uh, now I have to go to Uniqlo like a peasant. <laughs> like, uh, do you think that like in the uh, in the Renaissance, like peasants also went to Uniqlo, and it was only like the wealthy <laughs> Florentines <laughs> who went to this sock store? But it's amazing because like in the U.S., like we're like, oh god, if someone talks to me in a store, you're like, get away from me. They're yeah. like, can I help you find something? And you're like, no, like I know more about this store than you. That's true. Yeah, but, I've like, done all my research online. Don't talk yeah. to me. I know my size. I've taken my measurements. I will have the blue one, please. That's why people love like the Belgian shoe store. Or some people love it. Some people probably hate it. It has that vibe, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, Belgian shoes, you like, you need help. Like you can't, you can't, you can't go in there solo because you like don't, nobody actually knows their size because every single pair of shoes they make fits differently. Yeah. Yeah. So you need one of those old guys to like hook it up. Totally. Yeah. You do have to try on like a dozen pairs because every, there's no, like whatever lasts or whatever they're working with are just like, yeah, baloney. It's incredible though. You have to come to a place when you're in a store like that where you're like, listen, like I, I'm not here to be polite. Like if I don't like something, like I can tell them that and they're not yeah, going to be offended. That's right. I think uh, this as one Americans, sucks. you're often like, yeah, you're like, I can't say like, I don't want yeah. that. You're like, yeah, this is really nice. Yeah. Like, I guess I want this. Yeah. I was just in Japan doing a lot of shopping, among other things. A medium amount of shopping. Talk about customer service. Yeah. Uh, It's, well, um, 
Customer service is good. Communication is a little tricky. I, I, I was once scolded by a Japanese friend for the way I was behaving in a store. Um, I thought what I were was, you doing? I you thought lie, I was were you being, lying on the ground throwing a <laughs> I was tearing everything off the racks. Give me a small. I thought I was being um, enthusiastic, but I think it was perceived as uh, more rude. Um, I think I was just being too loud and, and moving too quickly and talking too fast. Typical. So this time I moved slowly and I talked slowly and I just tried to be uh, like just blend in. Just not blend in, but like be low key. Just relax, which I don't normally do when I walk into a store. I get very excited and I start uh, touching everything very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. That's how you shop in in, in New York, though. You're just like (laughs) flipping through the rack. You know, it's like a like tinder i just want to get because I, I don't really want to spend <laughs> left left left, I, left, left. <laughs> I don't really want to spend are, that's what you're doing you're swiping left on garments is i don't want to s- no or left yes. is no oh wow yeah i don't want to spend too much time in there you, you know like i want to identify the thing or things that i'm interested in and if there isn't anything i want to leave yeah but what's the deal in, J- in japan you it's more of a, it. it's more of like a full experience it's like a hos- hospitality thing right you are supposed to go hang out, enjoy yourself, maybe like it can be. They'll bring you water or something. It can be. Um, it can be. Not all the time, but I do feel a ton of pressure when you try something on because, like, it does feel a little more like personal. Like telling them that you don't like it or don't want it is like you feel like you're like gonna really let them down. So the, you just buy everything you try on, no matter what. So you never have perfect. to disappoint anyone. Yeah. Perfect. Um. No, and they'll like walk after you buy something. Typically, they'll walk you to the door with it. So there's not like the transaction. It's more like transactions tend to be uh, a lot handled with more like ceremony. You know, like you put your credit card down in a tray. They don't really like take it out of your hands necessarily. Or if they do, a lot of people probably know this, but they tend to do it with two hands. Um, and you know, after you buy something, they'll sort of like bag it up for you, and then. And then come around the corner, the the counter, and like walk you to the door, and then that's awesome. Hand, now, it, hand it to you like, at, like you're standing outside and they're still inside, and they'll hand you your bag. Now, when the transaction, the sales transaction is happening, does the wrapping up of the garment happen before you've paid or after? I think after, because that's something in in Paris and also in Italy, uh-huh. the wrapping up always happens before you've paid, which I always think is amazing because oh, you're wow. saying, and they're like tying with twine some like sprig of dried flowers yeah, yeah, to like yeah. a piece of tissue paper around like a Dries Van Noten jacket and, and then like okay it's like $900 <laughs> is the idea like, okay. that, that you then do you then feel I guess that becomes what you're paying for in a sense I don't even know that it becomes what you're paying for but it's like the it, this the like handing over of the cash is almost like they're saying like it's it's like that's not a big deal that's like the sort of smallest part of this. Right. Uh, I see what you're saying. It's sort of besides the point. Yeah. Like we'll handle that once we're through with the important stuff. Yeah. You still got to pay though. I also just. Let me tell you, John's ain't cheap. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times in the United States, like they wouldn't do that because like half the time people are like using fraudulent credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking is like, let's just make sure this payment clears before I waste my nice twine. Yeah, and my sprig of lavender on this clown, this Anna Delvey. <laughs> Did you guys figure out in Florence 
so Sterling Ruby has been talking about doing a clothing line for a long time. And he kind of did a little bit of one a few years ago. Right. Wasn't there sort of a portfolio in O32C there was. Mm-hmm. pieces? I'll never forget like it. Like his uniforms yeah. for his studio. The stuff that he made for himself, he showed it in a gallery in London. But that was never, those were all like one of one kind of art pieces, mm-hmm. right? Not for sale. And is he always wearing that stuff? I can't think of like seeing images of him. I guess that's besides the point. But he wasn't, he, there was had, a point. he didn't make anything else, did he? No, well, he, well, well, he made this, the collection with Raph. I think he's done two two collaborations with Raph. Right, but I would and call I think, those Raph Simmons collections. Yeah, but well, they were co-branded on the label. But he, but yeah, right. He was making the the um, fabrics mostly, and then Raph was actually designing the garments. Sort of like but, paint splattery stuff. But yeah. I think, but Sterling, I think like two or three years ago, when he um, showed when he did that show of his workwear in. Um, in London, he said that he was basically wearing like ninety percent, ninety percent of his wardrobe was just clothes that he made for himself, and the rest was like Raph and Rick, and Comb and stuff like that. What do you mean he had a show in London? He had a gallery show in London. Oh, oh, where he art where show. where art, he art, hung art. his an exhibit and destroyed like Carhartt pants on the wall. They were Carhartt pants. No, but they looked. You know, they were work pants. Yeah. Um, cause Sterling Ruby is an artist famous for doing all kinds of stuff, sculpture, painting, right? Rachel, what does he yeah. make? He makes everything. Everything. At a huge scale. He makes big things. He makes giant, big, muscular California. Yeah. Real macho. Wild West art. So did, is there any sense of what, what this is now and why it's happening? Like he's launching... I started hearing a couple years ago that he was going to launch a, a clothing line, so I guess that's now happened. So mm-hmm. it happened at PT. He had a runway show, right? Yeah, and he famously said, he told W Magazine uh, <clears throat> after the Raph Ruby runway show, he was like, you know, everyone got it. It was a it was a stunning collection. Everyone got out of their seats and was like going nuts, uh, you know, when they came out for their bow together. And he said, you know, fuck being an artist. This is wonderful. So there was always like there really was always cool. so he was always kind of like no one plant, ever like, cheers for artists that's why yeah yeah it's true um, maybe we should uh, so there was so he was always kind of like I think into the idea of of being a fashion designer in addition to being an artist right but um, Sam didn't he say that he's not gonna make he's like it's for sale on Essence and it's for sale on mm-hmm. on like a website that he set up but he's like I don't know if I'm gonna do this again. Yeah. Well, no, oh, okay. well, so the show, so the show, yeah, the show happened at PT, and um, Susie Menkes after afterwards said that it was the best first show she's ever seen, which is a little unfair. Uh, which that's unfair to who? High like, praise. Well, lots of other sure. people. Well, it's like that's not his first show, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Well, it's, you know, first it's it was like his, his first it was, it was kind of technically his it's debut. Like his twentieth rodeo. Did anyone cry? Because people cried at Craig Green's first show. I tried to see if Raph was crying. Tried to cry. Uh, oh, was Raph seated in the in the was, audience? Yeah. Really? Um, he rolled in wearing uh, wearing slides and and that sort of white pleated like ruffled shirt that he always wears. Yeah, just like blasting cigs. I think he's Rachel and I were just talking about this. We think that Raph is like entering a new phase of his life. Uh, he's in his zaddy years. He seems yeah. a little more. He seems a little tougher and more aggressive and less like cerebral. He's been yeah, through some shit in the last like, yeah, year, for sure. But he also seems like pretty like happy and like carefree, a little, like and a little spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, Maybe he just knows at this point that he's not, I don't know, he'll probably take another job because he seems to... Uh, he's always like, oh, I'm never doing this again. And he's like, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Too many collections. Uh, I thought the collection he just showed was fantastic, by the it way. It was yeah. really good. And Sterling's collection was really great as well. I so, but the stuff that's uh, that I saw that was shown in Florence is not, was not is not what's available on Essence. It's some totally of it is. Different. Some of it is really yeah. not the good stuff. Um, so, well, so the way that he's like organizing the collection, there's four sub collections within it. Oh, so one is like kind of is just like commercial, like acid wash jeans and and trucker jackets and stuff. Mm-hmm. One, the second collection is like editions of fifty. So it's like limited edition T-shirts, and then the third collection is all stuff like made out of fabric that his studio is creating in LA. So bleach splattered, you from, know, denim. From the art and, studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, enzyme washed, uh, you know, shirting and stuff like that. And then the fourth collection is like, is like one-off handmade pieces by Sterling himself, which are astronomically expensive. Um, and he said after the show that- I like that tiered system. Yeah. We should tier out corporate lunch. On this is this is the entry level. Yeah. yeah, this is the entry level content. Um, and he said after the show that he wasn't like he's not doing it seasonally. He's not sure when it's all going to be like dropping. Uh, I think he decided on the spot basically, like because the reaction was quite positive in the room. People weren't like standing up, um, and and you know cheering like crazy. But it was it was good vibes. And he said that um, he was like something like 15 minutes ago. I wasn't sure if I was going to do another show or another collection or whatever. And like now, I think I will. Um, that's what happens to me like when i'm on instagram i'm like i gotta quit this never gonna post mm-hmm. again and then i post a pic and it gets all these likes <laughs> and people are like Pops god off. so fucking creative <laughs> and i'm like gonna do this again yeah i can't wait to post again um but he's not gonna do you know i wouldn't expect him to like join the paris schedule next season you never know maybe he will i hope he doesn't um <laughs> we need less fashion designers yeah. there are way too many there didn't used to be so many, you know? Like, not too long ago, there weren't so many <laughs> designers <laughs> making clothes. It's true, if you think about it. It was really deep. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> now everyone's a designer. <laughs> That's happening to the world. Uh, think of how well-received our first collection is going to be. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of pressure, but I think there will be tears and a standing ovation Mm -hmm. and then in my interview after i'll probably be like you know i wasn't sure if this if we'd ever do it again that's how i feel about every every time we do a podcast that's how i feel about literally everything i every every breath i take (laughs) all right so um congratulations to sterling ruby you did it um i thought it looked pretty dope it was, yeah, I do you think I more artists should design fashion? What other artists have made fashion? You know what was the dopest thing that an artist ever did in fashion was the Bernadette Corporation. What did they do? So the Bernadette Corporation was a collective of artists um, led by this woman, Bernadette Van Hoy. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. But they operated as a fashion design company, mm-hmm. but they were all artists. Did they produce collections? They did. They produced collections. And they, like, would kind of, like, wildly appropriate things. Like, they would send out their models with, like, really uh, dark lip liner. Mm-hmm. 
and like be like it's inspired by like latina women <laughs> and <laughs> would make like name plate necklaces and that sort of thing and it was all sort of a very like um like self-conscious but like not like tongue-in-cheek but sort of uh you know playing around with like the kind of pacing and like appropriation and yeah. uh glamour of the fashion world that was like uh, art loves 90s to thing. uh art loves to make uh commentary on things by doing those things yeah it's funny because like raf did like i think the raf sterling partnership has been fantastic i'm sure raf is involved in this collection to some extent maybe not at all who knows um he but, clearly rubbed off on sterling in terms of like silhouette and things like that it looked it looked very there was a lot of like raf in the collection but other raf like Raph's Calvin Klein Warhol thing I thought was dumb and boring. Well, Andy Warhol is like really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really what you want to see on clothes right now. You hate to see it. <clears throat> and then he did Maplethorpe a while back, which I guess the point, it's kind of funny because I also didn't like that just because I'm like not interested in like just artwork on clothes. Yeah. Uh but I guess, like, to some extent, these things become, like, partnerships with the foundations or the, I don't know. Maybe there's other interesting, like, there are interesting dimensions to it. But I just don't think, ultimately, the clothes are all that interesting. In Rath's collection that he just showed, there was uh, a patch on a pair of, like, boxer shorts uh, that said, my own private Antwerp. <laughs> what else did the patches say? Like, stoned America or something? Yeah. That's Got great. It. That's great. It's just fantastic. I thought. Um, you thought there was a perfect fit in that collection. Yeah, I thought there was a couple. I love the big sweaters with the skirt, with the the frayed like skirt over the shorts thing. Yeah, those really skirted shorts were really cool. Yeah, that was really great. And like combat boot, like sort of Oxford lace up shoes with big boot tongues on them, and black dress socks, shirt and tie under the oversized sweater i mean raf simmons should uh go go to the hall of fame of of fits just for the sweaters he's made over the years alone i agree um what else happened in paris rick owens did it again of course he did he really is the greatest rick owens with the rare uh united farm workers collab what is that that's what <laughs> he did yeah so did you see the show notes he no. uh in in response to um what he called president trump's fixation on the border wall he decided to like explore his mexican-american identity in the show and so he collaborated with the united farm workers because he grew up in like an agricultural <laughs> town in california i think and his mother was a worker and his father like represented them he was a lawyer or something and so he did these like awesome necklace, like chain necklace things with like the United Farm Workers uh, like eagle logo, which is a sick logo. Um, and he put it on tees too. Wow. You know, shit's getting real. Politically activated Rick Owens. Rick yeah. goes in. Um, there you have it, folks. The Dark Lord weighs in on the Trump, on the, the border wall debate. He declared his uh, intention to run for president. What- Donald well. Trump's yeah. <laughs> I wonder what Donald Trump's nickname for Rick Owens would be. Well, he tends to just go for the very obvious traits, right? Like he's very tan and muscular. Yeah. Um, did you guys have more Paris things that you wanted to um 
call out and highlight? Well, shout out friend of the pod, Emily Bodie, for her big Paris debut. Yeah, that was great. Uh, very legit. Did anyone ask her why the models were walking so slow? Yeah. She, uh, Cam Wolf did ask her that very question. What did you uh, say? For GQ.com. She said that um, it just wasn't, I think she said something like, you know, it's not really our brand to like just have models like sort of angrily like stomping really yeah. fast through yeah. uh, the show, which is like kind of the, the Paris Fashion Week thing. Um, and she also said that like just to appreci- be able to appreciate the details on the yeah. coats and the shirts and the you it know. looked like a pretty small venue also like it looked yeah. really intimate like the aisle the catwalk was, was narrow yeah. and yeah I think she wanted people to be able to like have a lot like, you know just be able to get up close and really like examine the garments. Do you remember on a related note when Young Thug got up out of the audience and like fixed what a model was wearing? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Was oh that during God. an opening ceremony? Yeah, show? I think it was yeah. during an opening ceremony show. Yeah, that what was, did he fix? He broke the fourth wall. Like I think someone's collar was flipped under. Oh my! And God. he like stood up, and I think he had like a joint. He had a spliff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he like went up to him and was like, "Wait a minute, man!" And like stopped him and like fixed his. I'll send you the photographs afterwards. Wow, that was like when Would Bruce you do passed. That? that was like when Bruce Pass got up uh, during Easy Season Four oh, to like help fell. a limping model uh, make she it all the way out. I was there like, no, this is a Vanessa Beecroft performance. They're supposed to be doing that. This is all choreographed. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're just like dehydrating just... <laughs> and dropping like in the hot sun. <laughs> wow, this is really profound. I wonder how many more hours <laughs> this is going to go on for. <laughs> wow, it's amazing. It's like the shoes don't work. <laughs> they're like, those models are like, especially that the one who fell, I think her shoe was, um, well, they just couldn't walk in them. Yeah. It's amazing when you're like at a fashion show how suddenly like you become so open to like the high concept nature of oh, things. Yeah. Like totally. that's your like assumption yeah. is that like it's part of the thing, yeah. man. Yeah, it's he's like... making a comment. He's like an artist. He's making a commentary on the nature of shoes that are difficult to walk in <laughs> by making <laughs> shoes that literally are impossible to walk in. <laughs> um, I love fashion. I liked the uh, I liked the soloist show. Yeah, the soloist. The big God, like the goddamn man horse horse boy energy um yeah the clothes are totally weird every time I, again in japan i went to the soloist store the grocery store i think it's called for some reason uh one of my favorite little retail nooks there is the soloist is next door to arts and science and um never can never buy anything there it's way too weird it's either the skinniest, slimmest thing you've ever seen in your life or the most oversized thing that just looks insane and everything has like Nirvana lyrics on it and bondage straps. But you know who's good friends with uh, the soloist homie is Jun Takahashi from Undercover. Great guy. Rachel had a big story about their collaboration, the, uh, with, collaboration with Valentino, Valentino which is kind of nuts because those brands... It's cool that Jun Takahashi was kind of like, yeah, I thought um, I thought it was great that Valentino wanted to work with me. I basically am like the streetwear guy. He wrote the most amazingly like humble yeah. and beautiful email. And Jun Takahashi, yeah, I guess he was a streetwear guy, but I mean, he, well, he's, he's for years now he's yeah. been he's been making like truly like interesting avant-garde fashion for men and women. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think to like kind of the average person who like follows fashion in Japan, he's known for like the graphic T-shirts and like yeah. that sort of thing, and like the sneakers. It's just like stuff. how he got his start. Yeah, but I thought it was funny that, was that a long he time ago though. referred to himself in those terms because yeah, what he does is like so far beyond yeah. that now. 
Um, but that's a that is a pretty unusual pairing, Valentino and Undercover. It is, yeah. But they I seem thought... to really like each other a lot. It was also so it was such an interesting contrast between their two attitudes because Jun Takahashi was like so humble and concise and he was like they came to Japan they asked me to collaborate I thought I love him and like <laughs> and uh Pierre Paolo was like I followed him since the beginning yeah. like he has been an inspiration to me you know like yeah. this very kind of like florid and like romantic language well those guys are almost the same age but undercover is uh you don't see it's like a tricky brand to understand and it's expensive and it's not like super widely available and all this stuff but so many of the designers that i end up talking to uh about what's going on tell me that they love undercover designers who are very reluctant to ever suggest that they're inspired by or interested in other brands and other designers often mention undercover yeah well, he uses, like, references and influences in such an interesting way. Like, I think like, Hader Ackerman, when I was with him in Paris for oh, that really? story, told me that Undercover is one of his favorites. That's cool. I like how June said that Pier Paolo used the graphics that he designed uh, very respectfully. Yeah. Because then I was thinking, like, what would a disrespectful way of using these, like, custom Undercover graphics? Sure, we can find Valentino. some examples of disrespectful graphic usage. Just a line of Barbara tees. Kruger and Supreme just <laughs> just fucking just fucking it up. Ooh, uh, is that collection gonna be? Is that stuff gonna be like widely available? Yeah, it's hitting stores as we speak. Really? Oh, the first run of it. Yeah, because they just showed it's a two. second. And then what? Will it go on and on forever? It's only two collections, right? Yeah, it's just the two collections. They're f it's the fall collections, which have just started appearing in stores. Yeah, Pure Palo was like was like when we met. We weren't just signing a contract. Well, we did do that, but <laughs> there was poetry. But there was in the more. <laughs> um, more what? more collabs like that. Yeah. Please. You think? Yeah, I want more of that. More. Yeah, two, where like, people just are just like playing together. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. I mean, like uh, conventionally, I think a collaboration is often about like, well, what what is, what can one person bring that the other person doesn't do or or can't do i guess this is sort of an example of that because you have valentino's sort of like uh what valentino's sort of craft and then you have jun takahashi's wild mind yeah but often that that sort of you know the collaboration is like a commercial play whereas this feels like two legends just get in the sandbox together ew <laughs> What would be the ultimate collaboration, Raph and Rick? Just in terms of sandbox playing. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see that. You love to I see. I just it. think it would be so <laughs> funny if, like, Dior Women's Wear collaborated with Chanel Women's Wear. <laughs> <laughs> just something very. Uh, yeah, like that just doesn't make any shouldn't sense. Shouldn't happen. Yeah. Um. Well, there's lots more fashion to see and to be seen, so. There you have it. What are you guys doing? It's what do you guys uh how do you guys feel about extremely hot weather and humidity in New York? It's been raining and hot in New York every day for This a is week. the worst weather in New York. Yeah. What are we doing? 100% humidity today. I'm sitting here in I didn't shorts. Think it was is it one hundo? That's what it said on my app, yeah. That's what it said on my app too. I swam to work. What app are you guys using? In the air. It's called weather. It's called weather, dude. 
the weather app, the weather like Apple's app. weather app. You do really. You guys obviously all those stats. don't give a shit about truth or the reality. Oh, are you are you Wonderground? I I do I use Wonderground, <laughs> but I'm kind of a lot of people use Dark Sky, right? Is that what's called? Isn't that the horoscope app? I don't know. I don't believe in horoscopes either. We only have five minutes. Should does do someone vibes? have a? Uh, <laughs> is there an app that does both weather and horoscope combined? Because that sounds that, right. That would be that's a natural kind of fit. Like, what's the weather and how? What's going to happen to me today? Along yeah. with a little bit of. Um, You're going to get caught in the rain. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, this is corporate lunch episode sixty-one. Here with Sam and Rachel. Uh, I'm Noah. We're the, this is the GQ style podcast. Um, GQ style fall issue is underway, and uh, it's a banger. We also uh, well, let's do some vibes. I'm gonna stop talking about that. You guys got vibes? Okay, I'll start with a vibe. All right. Um, I'm really feeling leather vests. Oof. Yeah, leather vests are cool. There was a leather what vest. What made you think that? There was a leather vest at Ferragamo, uh, which was one of the featured shows of P.T. Womo. Um, that was just like such a John. It was like this kind of tanned, natural tanned leather. It was a little cropped. And this model was just wearing it with like a fancy ass t-shirt and matching leather pants. It looked so cool. It's going to be like $6,000, but I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, I think you should probably get that vest. Thanks, Noah. <laughs> Thanks for the support. And sometimes I own like, so many vests, but none of them are leather. No, yeah. oh, I have a Sherling vest. Does that count? And I think our legacy did a, uh, a leather, leather vest leather as vest. well. My vibe is our season. legacy. That's what I was just thinking. Our legacy just had every year in Paris, every season in Paris, Yakum has a summer soiree. That's such a cool party. We were talking about it the other day, and we were going to remember we were talking about it. Yeah, the I remember. Soiree. And the party ended up being lit. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ian Isaiah performed. Ian Isaiah was there, which is how you know it was a cool party. But um, our legacy is one of these brands that's been around. I feel like we've talked about this before, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to say it again. Did Was it a vibe before? No, no, it's never been a vibe. I think maybe the women's wear was a vibe or something. But yeah. Our legacy has really uh, evolved. Yakum is just a good dude, and he and I have a lot of shared interests. Uh uh, 90s uh, fringe culture stuff and he just like took that brand from being sort of like an not ordinary but but conventional mid-range menswear kind of workwear casual clothing brand and now it's something that's like really weird and expansive and cool and super high quality the knits are crazy he launched women's wear which seems to be doing well the women's the women, wear is really cool women love it I love how like the average. I didn't guy, even look at the new the fall twenty collection is up on Vogue now. I guess it's so good. I love how the average guy could like, you know, go to our legacy and be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like buy a shirt or a pair of jeans and like walk out with like a knit skirt or like a belly chain. Does a belly chain uh have to be attached to a navel ring, a belly button piercing? No, no way, man. I think I'm gonna get my belly button pierced this summer. All right, that's my other vibe. Rachel, you got a vibe? There are people banging on the door for us to get out of this podcast studio. I don't know why uh, they want us out of here. This pod, this episode should go on forever. 
but I can't. Have you thought of a vibe I really yet? Agree. No, I don't. I don't have any. What are you doing this weekend? Uh, no plans. My friend is having a birthday party. All right, that's not good. Thought yeah. that might go somewhere. Why are you um, looking at me like that? What? Why are oh. you looking at me like that? <laughs> Let's end on that. What do you guys? Do you guys think we should do this again next week? Another podcast. Yeah. Let's leave it to the listeners. Is the standing ovation. Should we return? Um, yeah, I wasn't sure if I'd ever do this again. I'm still not sure if I'll ever do this again. <laughs> Summer hours are back on. Um, we'll, we'll do our best as we always do. Um, live shows coming up soon. Merch coming soon. Uh, we're launching a streaming um, video platform and uh, a line of electric scooters. This is the world's greatest customer service fashion podcast, Corporate Lunch, episode 61. See you next week.